getting ready for the world's greatest Arsenal podcast. Welcome to another podcast by Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Enjoy the show. Good evening, welcome. It's Friday night, and uh, yeah, you've got us on a Friday. Um, not sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure about Fridays, but hey, Trev, great idea to just to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a preview show. The preview show is going to look at a couple of other games that maybe affect Arsenal, and then we're going to look at the Arsenal um, game away to Burnley. Trev, how are you doing? The the, the room's coming along nicely. Yeah. It is coming along nicely. Another couple of bits added this week. Sorry about that, boys. I thought I'd have stayed on, on, on my jumper, but it's just my shadow from my man boobs. I'm sorry, but guys. <laughs> <laughs> Always wear black. Always this, wear black. <laughs> this seems very strange, boys. I, and I know Fergus has done some great planning, and it was my idea to do it. So we're going to have to wing it a bit. But I want to get. I want to give my opinion on mostly, uh, not an opinion maybe, but I want to give a prediction for most of the Premier League games this weekend. It'll be interesting to see how people's views differ. So it'd be lovely to see them all popping up in the chat as well. Looking forward to it. And out of the blue, um, Dale, you were available. Uh, I know you're going to uh, on with us on um, Monday as well, uh, and you're coming out to Porto. But uh, we won't. We'll save that for Monday, and we will talk about that. Um, looking forward to the weekend football. Which which games? Obviously, the Arsenal game. But which games are standing out to you in in uh, in the fixture list? Uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I don't really look at the other fixtures. I'll just fo- focus on what. Uh, What's the point of being on this show, then, Dale? Come on, put yourself together. <laughs> Pick the wrong man. There he goes. He's gone. <laughs> I, think, I think there's a couple of good games in there. Um, I do think Brentford have the ability to cause an upset, which we'll touch on in a minute. Um, obviously, Liverpool got a few people out as well. So, yeah, I think Brentford, Liverpool being the lunchtime kickoff, then uh, I'll certainly be watching that as well. Okay. Alex uh, from Copenhagen again. Um, good to speak to you, mate. Uh, we've been chatting all day. Well, actually, chatting from last night and tonight and sorting some stuff out in the background. But uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? Clearly, Burnley Arsenal and hopefully a repeat of uh, a high score line like we had against West Ham. But otherwise? Yeah. Yeah, I've been looking forward to to the weekend's games. Uh, there's some a couple of good games on. Um, obviously, the, the Brentford Liverpool early one and then the, the City Chelsea game. Uh, Tomorrow as well, that's going to be good. And then I'm very much looking forward to the to the Luton United game. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting. They're always fun. Yeah, they're always fun to watch at home. Luton. Um, I think they can uh, they can cause United a, a few problems. Mm. And then you got Everton Crystal Palace on Monday night as well, which is a, a almost is it a relegation battle? I don't know. It's it, it's there or thereabouts, isn't it? So uh, Crystal Palace not in a great place, and Everton. Um, uh, also fighting fighting relegation and possibly more point deductions. Hey, let's Hello. kick off and uh, look. Yeah, sorry about him, mate. But would it be a good time now since you mentioned that to uh, wish that great man of football, Roy Hodgson, well? He's not very well. Just no, just put that in, mate. If yep. you don't mind, get well soon, Roy. Been a great servant to football in general. Yeah, um, we mentioned we mentioned when we played them the other week. I didn't think it was nice. I know that a lot of the stuff was probably aimed at more at Parish and the owners and everything else. Um, but I just didn't think it was nice to treat a man of football um, with those banners and everything else. His face, he looked quite forlorn. So I wish him well. I hope he's okay. And I hope he then takes a sensible decision and steps away from frontline football just for now, at least. And it might be a nice way for them to part. Let's talk about Brentford Liverpool. Uh, it's a twelve thirty kickoff, and listen, we know what Klopp's views are on twelve uh, thirty kickoffs, don't we? Playing at twelve thirty—that's my new attitude. <laughs> he loves playing at twelve thirty, Trev. Absolutely, it's going to be uh, Brentford are going to be playing their hundredth. Premier League game as well. They've only been promoted um, since uh, well the end of end of lockdown, like you know, in COVID. So yeah. this is the third season, hundred games in. Could they do an upset? Uh, well, we could. As an Arsenal fan, we could do with an upset. <laughs> as as someone that's looking at that game, I can't see it happening. They're playing well, Liverpool. 
I used to really have a lot of time for Klopp, you know, but I, and I don't really know why, but just recently I've gone right off him, right off him. But that probably means they're playing well and it's annoying me. I think that Brentford do have the tools to to turn Liverpool over, especially now they've got Tony back. But I can't... Do you know what, Ferg? I'm not drifting, so bear with me for 10 seconds. I'm looking at these games and I can't get Liverpool City, City-Arsenal out of my head. I think they're the, the two games games that are really going to decide the season. So as soon as someone says Liverpool, I'm thinking, please let City sort something or draw. But I think Brentford had the tools to do them, right? They're at home. They've got Tony back. But I just think Liverpool are going to be a bit strong for them. Alex, uh, talk about Tony and uh, also uh, uh, Neil Mopau as well. He came... <laughs> yeah, don't Who? worry, don't worry. I did. Yeah, more power. Uh, more power. Ah, we, we all know him. We know him. We know. We know. I'm talking about. Um, we. Oh, we, we, Friday night. We got these two players. Um, he can't seem to find the back of there, but um, Ivan Tony seems to have found his shooting boots again. Uh, his manager doesn't want him, according to Ivan Tony. Uh, what's your thoughts on uh, how they will figure out against City? At Liverpool. Yeah. Um, well, of course, it's going to be a tough game for Brentford, but they've actually never lost at home to uh, Liverpool in the Premier League. So they've previously done well, and we know how tough it can be for, for the big teams to um, to go to Brentford. And um, especially with, with Tony back in the squad, and he scored three in the last four games he's been back, and um, Morpay as well. He's been doing well. He's been directly involved in, in a goal in, in his last six uh, Premier League home starts. So he's found his form as well. Um, Liverpool, they've got a few injuries. Um, just see now that Alisson's going to be out. Yeah, Alisson's going to be out. So he's a big piece of, of, of their squad. <clears throat> and um, fortunately for, for Liverpool, though, and unfortunately for us as Arsenal fans, they've got Salah back now, uh, who's been at the AFCON and, and been injured as well. So... That's going to be a big boost um, for for them to get him back. Um, Trent Alexander-Arnold is is out though with an injury, so I mean they've got some key players missing, um, and they're they're on good form, Brentford, and and they've got some dangerous players, and we know yeah. how well they can do against um, sides like like Liverpool and big sides. So I think it's going to be a very tough game and, and a good game to watch as well. Early kickoffs, um, Dale, are all always awful. People don't have enough beer. It's too early in the morning and everything else. Um, do you think Virgil Van Dijk will have been and Kanate will be awake enough to deal with Ivan Tony uh, and Co. Um, you know, because Van Dijk didn't have a great game with us uh, against us. Um, you know, it's seriously he's going to be have to be on 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 his top game against Tony. I don't think he's had a great season. Alone a great game against us. So I don't think he's been anywhere near the. The Virgil Van Dyke we used to seeing in the past. Um, I think Ivan Tony would be probably relishing this battle, to be honest with you. Um, the combined Essalzeri, we'll call it, between uh, Mopay and, and Ivan Tony, I think they've got more than enough to cause Liverpool problems. Now, I agree, 12 30 kickoffs are never the best, but Brentford at home to uh, a strong Liverpool side. You touched on Alex um, Trent's missing. Now, I would say Trent to Liverpool is equally as important as what De Bruyne is to City. And um, that's how important I think he is to that team, not for his defensive ability, because he's not defensively sound, in my opinion. But going forward, he can pick a pass like no others can do. Um, we've seen it ourselves. Um, he, he's, he's a dangerous, dangerous player. So I think that's a massive miss for them. I really do. And I'd question kind of like the the two centre-backs, um, if Alisson isn't behind them. They're not used to playing together in, in what I would call a high-pressure game in this. They're top of the league. The pressure's on them. So without Alisson behind them, who knows? I think there's plenty there that Brentford can offer, especially at Brentford. If it was at Anfield, I'd say maybe I'd probably favour Liverpool quite heavily. But at Brentford, I think there's a chance here. Finally, on this game, um, Trev, uh, it's been mentioned a couple of times about the injuries. Um, Alisson, um, he's not had a great season, in my view. I, I think he's had one good game, one bad game. He's against, I think it was against Forrest. He chucked the ball in the back of the net a couple of times. I think he's probably been carrying an, an an injury probably for most of the season, and, and that, that's just come out in 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 this uh, alleged hamstring injury. My thoughts are the same, Fergus. I don't. I thought his his uh, form would drops right off this season. To be honest with you, Alison Becker, um, he's still obviously they think he's the best goalkeeper in Liverpool because he's playing, but I don't think he's anywhere near 
the 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 way the way he was last season, and also it's strange because Dal mentioned Van Dyke. I don't think Van Dyke has been the same since he came back from the injury. You know, I no, really I don't think that Van Dyke. I has agree. Been the same yeah. Way, you know, um, mm. hopefully he won't be the same. Well, we've played him twice already, so we've had four points out of six off, and that's perfect form for us against a fellow uh, championship contender. But so yeah, I, I mean, I still think Liverpool will be too strong, just. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, I agree about Allison, and and I really think Van Dyke hasn't been the same since the unfortunate injury. And just remember, playing at twelve thirty—that's my new attitude. <laughs> he loves playing at twelve thirty, uh, five thirty that afternoon. Um, just uh, qu- quickly, can I finish on Tony? Go on. I just saw Henter mentioning him in in the chat um, about his wishes to join us in the summer. I don't know if you, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, but Brentford they've already uh, bought their their first signing uh, who's going to join them next summer, a new striker for thirty million pounds. So they've obviously already gone out and bought um, the guy who's going to replace Tony. Um, so I think we could be in a scenario where some of the puzzles uh, in the in the striker. Striker, some of the pieces in the in the striker puzzle will fall in place before the summer comes, especially with Mbappe already announcing that he's going to leave and Osimhen might going to join PSG. I think Arsenal could move quite early for Tony if if he's the guy we want for the summer. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe there's somebody else that might be looking for. I don't listen. I don't. don't, don't I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Why not? We, this is a new show, so let, what yeah. we're doing predictions. I will go. I will go. I'm going to go three-one to Brentford. Oh God! Keep off those drugs. <laughs> that was the same it. as I... the last score line they played at Brentford. That was three-one. Yeah, there we go. Trevor, what drugs are you taking? I'm going <laughs> to go one-nil to Liverpool. One-nil to Liverpool. Del. I'm going to go two all. Desmond two two. Alex, I was actually going to go two two as well, but I'll go even bigger and go three three. Then I think I could we could have a a, a massive game. And you've got uh, a one all, Trevor. So that's Fergus. One nil. One nil. Well, Alex. Right at five thirty, City versus Chelsea was a four four draw the last time. Uh, it was a, an amazing game. I remember sitting there watching it, and it just went from end to end. Chelsea um, just look inconsistent. They don't look like they could score a goal uh, if they tried. They do seem to be hitting a little bit of form during the League Cup final in a, in a week's time. Um, what are we thinking on the the Chelsea game? Dale, I'll go to you first of all. Um, City versus Chelsea is at the City, uh, uh, at, at the Etihad Stadium. One would favour City, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I don't think home or away makes much difference in this game, truth be told. Um, you're right in what you say. It's Chelsea seems to be hitting a bit of form. Um, they're incredibly uh, inconsistent and unpredictable. We've seen the good, the bad and the ugly over the last couple of years. And I think there's a, Chelsea have got enough to beat uh, City. Do I think they'll do it? No. I think City will have more than enough. Um uh, especially with De Bruyne in the form he's in. You've got Phil Foden as well. They seem to be two incredibly important players for that team. Um, but I think City will have way too much for Chelsea. Um, I'll go with my prediction in a moment, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw an upset, put it that way. Okay. Alex, um, Gallagher uh, would be buoyed after uh, a brace against Palace on Monday night. Okay, it might necessarily not be the, the most convincing brace and game in the, in the world. He'll be up against Rodri. Um, how do you think he'll fare against Rodri, who, for me, I know people talk about De Bruyne. For me, Rodri being out and when we they played us, I thought that was the key player that was missing from their, their squad. Yeah, Rodri is so key to how um, City is playing and he's got like a ridiculous record. I think it's for the past 12 months, they haven't lost a game with Rodri playing City. So he is really, really key, key to how they're playing. And um, I don't know if you guys saw the game, but when they played against Copenhagen in the midweek, I know Copenhagen isn't the best team, but the way they can control games, I think Chelsea are going to find it difficult. And I think Gallagher, he was quite attacking against Palace. I think he's going to be... A bit more defensive um, 
away against City. Um, and it's just the thing with City is just they, they start a bit wobbly um, in the beginning of the season and they, they just always find form um, towards the, the middle of the season and towards the end. And now they've got De Bruyne back fully fit. Um, they've got Holland back as well. Um, I just I can't see a scenario where Chelsea are going to win away against City. Um, hopefully they will, but I can't see it happening. No, I th- I, you look, listen, I think in, in both results, uh, we're hoping they'll go our way because that puts us right in the driving seat again. Look, Trevor, 27 goals in only six um, Chelsea matches against the twenty uh, the big six. Uh, so, you know, they are, there are lots of goals. They're very expansive. They like to play football against teams that like to play football and, and, and because they struggle to break them down. A bit like we did against West Ham uh, at Christmas and um, Fulham and so on. Are you expecting a high-scoring game here at uh, the Etihad? Do you know what, Fergus? I'll say tell you first and I'll explain. I'm expecting a, a high-scoring game for one team, right? Because I think I think it's look interesting. I'm looking at the comments as we're talking and there's so many massive differences of opinion on this game, you know? Some people are giving Chelsea a chance. Some people are not giving Chelsea one iota of a chance. They're a funny team this year, Chelsea, in that they've probably got the, the, the young player that excites me the most out of, outside of Arsenal Football Club. The player I'd most like to see a sign in, in, in Palmer, I think, since he moved from City to Chelsea. He's, he's just come on in leaps and bounds. And every time he gets the ball, you think something's going to happen. But one player doesn't win a game, right? And, and Chelsea have had a bit of form recently, but they haven't come up against the Man City side at the Etihad. Um, I, can't, I can't see any way... Chelsea get anything out of that game? Can't see it happening. Mm. What have we got prediction wise on then on this game, Trevor? Me, I, I'm going to go three nil City. Three nil City. Okay, uh, Alex. I think it could be a bit of a a boring um, sort of stereotypical City game where they just control the possession throughout the whole game and then get a, a two nil comfortable win. 2-0, Dale. Um, again, I'm going to go with a 2-0, I think. I watched the Copenhagen game and they weren't, they didn't hit top gear, but they still controlled it with about 80% possession. Um, City likes to control games and I think they probably sell a bit too much. Yeah, I, I, my, my only observation of City of recent, uh, who were they play last weekend, the early kickoff against Everton? Everton, who are pretty poor, uh, yeah. but have a, a, a good fight against them. They struggled a bit, yeah. Yeah, it took them until 72 minutes before they kicked into form. Um, so I think Chelsea are better than Everton. Not hugely, but they are better than Everton. And uh, I can see them giving them a game. And with their expansive football that uh, City will play, I'm going to go for a Desmond. I'm going to go for a 2-2. And that would be fantastic. If my results come through, you know, and then we have a good result against Burnley. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a great weekend. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, other games to look at. We've got Tottenham Wolves, Nottingham Forest, West Ham, uh, Newcastle, Bournemouth, Fulham, Villa. And then on Sunday, we've got Sheffield United, Brighton, Luton, Man United, Everton and Palace. Tottenham Wolves, uh, briefly, Trev, uh, we want Wolves to win 17-0, don't we? But realistic, where do you see us going? Do you know what? It's funny you should mention 17, Fergus, because... I've got to be fair to Tottenham here. I, I think Tottenham will score goals against Wolves. I, I re- honestly mm. think they'll score goals. They, they're at home and they, and they get on the front foot and, and they'll score goals. So uh, my prediction for that game would be Tottenham 2, Wolves 17. <laughs> non-biased. 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 Totally non-biased. Uh, Alex, Alex, uh, is it less than 17 or more than 17? <laughs> Hopefully more. I mean, uh, but realistically, um, they probably will win, but they've got a couple of injuries in, in defence. Both their fullbacks are injured, Tottenham. So I think Wolves are going to score. Um, they've got some good attacking players, in, especially Pedro Neto. Um, hopefully they can clinch a draw, Wolves. I'll go, hopefully they can, they can get a, a 2-2. I feel like that's yeah, a realistic, realistic result. I, th- I think you're probably right, uh, especially because Wolves, um, their uh, favourite channels are down the down down the wings and exactly yeah. back there, and they're going to have who's they, who they're going to have Davis and who's the other guy? Uh, they're going to have em- Emerson uh, probably. 
Emerson, yeah, Emerson Royale. So yeah, they're, they're not the best best players in the world for them. Um, Dale, thoughts? 17, 18? Looking at Wolves' last results, it's gone win, drop points, win, drop points, win. They lo- their last drop points, so they're up for a win. I'm going to go two win. Wolves. Could happen. You've gone down what, to happen. Two one to Wolves. Two one to Wolves. Okay. Uh, Forest West Ham. West Ham are going to be smarting uh, after what we did to them last weekend. Uh, it'll be really interesting to actually see uh, how West Ham react. Um, it will be at uh, the City Ground, and uh, as we know, it it's a tight ground. Um, it's a noisy ground. It's quite intimidating, Trevor. Um, but you know, if, if West Ham have got anything about them, and if Moyes and Co have any control and, and haven't lost this dressing room there's some on talk sport and so on I'm talking about it's got to be it's got to be a convincing display by West Ham don't you think do you know what it's, it's an interesting stadium not in Forest isn't it because in the last two seasons well this season and last season we've seen the very best and the very worst of Nottingham Forest fans last season they were absolutely superb and lifted their team to a victory over us but this season, although we didn't score early, I think I said it before, although we didn't score early, we were on top and all over them. And the crowd kept very quiet. And, and after the game, several Forest fans that I know, that are friends of mine, said that we were outstanding our support that night. And Forest didn't get the support from their fans, but that was mainly down to us. So I like to think that we were good that night rather than Forest being anything other than what they normally are. It's an interesting game, isn't it? Because as you said, Ferg, West Ham are coming off a massive defeat, a massive defeat. But I still, having watched West Ham last week and having watched Forest, I still think Forest might have enough to just beat them at home, you know. Mm. Dale? Yeah, I've got to agree with Trevor on that. I mean, West Ham, forget take the, take the scoreline away. I think they play very negative football. David Moyes seems to like playing two or three holding midfielders, and I don't understand it. Really don't understand it at all. And I think um, they're in a position where they can't afford to go into that game and think they're going to lose. Um, so I, I think he's probably going to go with the same and, and play a couple of holding midfielders. And, and I can see Forrest beating them at, at home, especially. Uh, and without Paqueta, uh, Alex, um, they do struggle for creativity. We saw that uh, last week. OK, I think their heads really dropped uh, because we... Uh, I, I'm surrounded by West Ham and, and everyone's... You are, yeah. That. Yeah, and and it's been all week. Oh, here he goes again. You're going to show us the, the videos and so on. But um, I I've said to West Ham fans, said, look, listen, uh, you got smashed. We played excellently. You played very poor. You made us look better. But I still think we were outstanding against them. Uh, kudos uh, and um, uh, uh, will be available, but but uh, and Bowen. Uh, but Bowen's yeah. not a number 10. And then no Paqueta. They, they, they're just going to lack that outlet. Uh, how do you think they'll fare against Forrest? Yeah, I think it's going to be a difficult game, um, especially with, with that previous game in the back of their heads. I mean, they're going to want to bounce back, but um, we don't know how the dressing room is. And I feel like it could be a bit of a defining game for, for their season, um, how they bounce back from, from that 6-0 loss. And um, yeah, I think the seat, Moyes' seat could be... Um, up for grabs soon. Um, I think he's probably achieved what he can achieve with the squad he's got. Um, I can't see him being the guy to take them to the next level and sort of evolve those um, international stars they've signed in Paqueta and and Kudus and those kind of guys. I feel like they're yeah. going to need a, sort of a yeah a better like an, a bigger international manager to take them to the next level and and get the best out of the international stars they've they've got in their squad but um yeah they, th- with their squad you, they're losing nine they're losing nine players in the summer as well so uh, you know that squad's going to be decimated completely um go on yeah. give, give us your your prediction i think um i think forest will beat them 2-1 okay dale did you give a prediction I'm going to go with the same. I think Forest 2-1. I think we've, we've named some fantastic attacking West Ham players there, but I don't think they play to their strengths. I think they're too defensive and they don't bring the best players into the game like they should do. I'm going to go, uh, I'm probably going to go 2-0. Forest. Um, Trev? Yeah, I, I'm with uh, Alex. I'm go, I've got written down here 2-1 Forest. I can't see West Ham yeah. doing anything. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see West Ham at least get a point, but I, I think... 
it, it really depends on what ones turn up, and I don't think they're going to turn up. I I, I think they're going to lose, and I'm going to go uh, with you, Dale, at uh, 2-0. Uh, Fulham versus Aston Villa. Aston Villa under Unai Emery. Um, going through a little bit of a, you know, a, a difficult patch, uh, um, but Fulham, again, another one that are hot and cold. I don't know if anyone's looked, looked at the stats on them. I haven't, but... Um, I, I, it's not going to be an exciting game to watch. It wouldn't be one I'd be tuning in at three o'clock to watch, um, even if Arsenal were, weren't playing. Um, Trevor, briefly, Fulham, Aston Villa, go on. Yeah, I think that they've both gone through sticky periods. But briefly, I think that Fulham's sticky period has been worse and been longer. And I fancy Aston Villa to turn their, their, their sticky period round at Fulham. I can see an away win there, mate, at Fulham. An away win. Um Dale, uh, Villa on the road aren't as successful as they are at home at, at, um, at Villa Park. They normally are convincing and they normally get the big wins. On the road, they struggle. Trev thinks that um, they're going to get an away win. Do you? No, I don't. I think this has uh, got a draw written all over it. Um, when you look at both of them over the last six games, they've both got one win in six across all competitions. I think I don't see any of them playing convincing football at the moment. I really don't. If it was a Villa Park, I'd agree. I think they'd slightly edge it, but I think they've both got a point to prove and they're both going to play out a, a score draw. I'm going to go one all. Alex? Yeah, I think it could be a difficult game. Um, Villa, what they've won one game in the last four so, and lost three. Um, Fulham coming in with, with big confidence after their win against uh, Bournemouth. Um, so I could see Fulham um, getting the win. I think they'll they'll win one nil. Hmm. I think the home home advantage, I think um, Villa are on the slide a bit um, and that will allow the likes of Tottenham and Man United. They've got some injuries they've, as well. They've they've just had the sort of the main midfield guy, Kamara, he's out for the season. So they've okay. they've been hit by yeah. some injuries as well. Yeah, I, I just think they're going to, they're on the slide and they're going to slip down to seventh uh, or whatever in the league slowly. Um, I'm going with you. I'm going to uh, 1-0, uh, 1-0 to Fulham. Sheffield United, Brighton on Sunday, uh, the early kickoff. Um, for me, I think, you know, Brighton, um, they went through their sticky patch. Um, I think, uh, they, you can see that they're rejuvenated. Um, the Zerbi, uh, looked like he'd lost them, but I think he's brought them back. Uh, and Sheffield, no matter how much they try, I think they're way out of the depth in this league, Alex. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, Brighton, they should have won, um, against Tottenham in the, in the last game. Uh, it was a bit underserved. They nicked it in the end. Um, and Sheffield, they've they've really struggled and, and they lost, what was it, 5 0 uh, in one of the previous rounds against um, Aston Villa. So um, they've been a bit up and down. I think Brighton will will beat them quite comfortably, um, like they did a couple of weeks ago when they beat them 5 2 in the FA Cup. Um, I think it'll be a 3 0 win for, for Brighton. Dale? Yeah, I'm not convinced by Sheffield United at all. Um, they're probably one of the worst teams I've seen in the Premier League for a long time, especially when it came to our place. We absolutely annihilated them in second year. We didn't even have to put in a, an effort there. Um, Brighton, I agree, they've gone through their sticky patch. I can't see anything other than, other than a Brighton win. I'm going to go 3 0. Uh, Trev, I'm, I'm loving seeing everybody putting their comments uh, in the chat with their predictions. And I hope you're enjoying the show. Let us know if you like this and if you want us to continue in this format. Uh, and anybody who's not subscribed to us, please do click on the subscription button on YouTube. Uh, Alex was doing some research uh, on some of the stats that we got. What was it, Alex, before before Trevor answers? What was it? A thousand? What was it? A thousand? You're on mute, Alex. Sorry, um, we've had 1,211 views uh, in the last month and 506 of those who've been watching the last month uh, isn't subscribed. So please do subscribe um, if you aren't a subscriber yet. Yeah, Trev, that, interesting that. Uh, Trev, your thoughts on, on, on this game? Yeah, it, it needs to be added as well, though, that um, we, we love having the subscribers because it gives our honourable leader Fergus more options of what he can do. YouTube get much <laughs> YouTube get much friendlier if you've got more subscribers. Um so yeah, it really we would really appreciate a um a a subscribe. We had a question there before I answer from Lee. What's our YouTube channel? It's Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Guns and Yellow Ribbons on YouTube. There you go. And uh, Lee, we'd really appreciate it if you could 
pop across and subscribe at some time, mate. Nice having you with us. And while we're talking about people with us, it's lovely to see Bill in the chat tonight. We'll see you too. If we don't see you tomorrow, Bill, we'll see you in Portugal see you tonight. <laughs> for a nice glass of port, eh? Yeah, right. So what we've got going with, oh, we're talking about... Sheffield uh, Brighton. Sheffield Brighton. Do you know what? It's weird, isn't it? Because, yeah, Brighton are, Brighton are a fine side, you know. Brighton are a fine footballing side. And when Dow took the words, I've written them down here, when Sheffield United came to the Emirates earlier in the season, they were possibly the worst Premier League side I'd ever seen come and play at the Emirates. They were that But they have got a performance in them, as they showed last week away at Luton. A Luton side have also showed that they're capable of giving them a performance. And when we talk about it in a minute... I think might pull off an upset tomorrow. So Sheffield United at home, you know, I think Sheffield United are going to keep up their good form of last week. You often get a relegated side win two or three games in a row. Opportunity for them this weekend. And I've got Sheffield United to beat Brighton 2-1, I have. Okay. And then uh, you you mentioned Luton. Um, let's talk, Trevor, the Luton-Man United game. For me personally, I would love Luton to turn over Man United because you know my brothers are Man United fans and, it would, and, and my nephew. It would just be so fun on those WhatsApp groups. Indeed. There is a massive chance of, um, you know, I, I don't give the underdog any chance here in this Luton v Man United game. The underdog has got absolutely no chance. So I'm pretty certain Luton are going to win. Um, Luton are all right at home. Man United don't like it when people get in their faces at the moment. They, they pull off the odd good result and then they go back and, when Man United are bad, God, they're awful, aren't they bad? You know, they've got they've got two or three players in that side. I don't need to name them because we all know who they are. But if they come under a bit of pressure, they absolutely pack it in. They don't play. If Luton put them under a bit of pressure, though, that three or four, two or three players in that Man United side will absolutely turn it in. It reminds me a bit of the Arsenal were five or six seasons ago, you know, when we couldn't take a bit of pressure and we got beat. And I, I find that. I look at Man United and I see all those attributes in that Man United side. I think the crowd will be loud. I think Luton will get at them. And I think they'll beat Man United. I do. Go go for a score, Trev. Uh, what have I got down here? I'm not changing my mind on any of them. I've got Luton to beat Man United 2-1. Okay. Dell, um, Liverpool struggled. We even struggled. It was a last-minute winner uh, by Declan Rice. It's not an easy place to go to. It's very intimidating, small ground, old-fashioned. Uh, it, like the players taking a, a, a throw in can hear exactly what the fan in the in the stand thinks. They're right in their ear roll. What do you reckon? I think it's a uh, yeah. Their, their home results against the big, not just results, their performances against the big teams speak for themselves. They're a tough team to beat at home, and I think the bigger the team they're playing against, um, the bigger their performances. And forget Man United's results; they're still a big side, right? They're one of the biggest sides of the world by name, and I think Luton will play on that, and I think they'll play up. And there's, I think they're sent. I think it's their centre half. Um, their manager was talking about him today. Extremely talented. I think he called him uh, Mengi. I think his name is. Um, mm. He's an ex-Man United player um, who was tossed to the curb. So I think he's got a massive point to prove as well. So I can see Luton pinching something. Have they got enough for a win? Who knows? I'd like to think so. Um, I'm going to go with a Luton win. I'm going to go two-one Luton. Alex, will Lakonga get the winner? Sorry. Lukonga winner, yeah, I'd love that. Um, I think the way the way Manchester United plays, um, I think it suits Luton pretty well. Uh, they like to sit in United, and um, I think they're going to struggle with uh, with the way they play Luton. They're very good at home, um, and they get the crowd going, like like Trev said. Um, I think we're going to get a couple of goals, and I think it's going to end up two 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 two. I'm I'm going three one Luton. Uh, I think they're really going to put an upset. Uh, Man United are so all over the place. But it could easily swing the other way. I, I, I'm, honestly, it's, a, it's one of those games that's hard to call. But I would love to see, uh, for personal reasons and also for footballing reasons, I'd love to see Luton get a good result at home. And to be honest, you know, I, I thought they were one of the teams that were going to go straight back down again. But they've been quite entertaining. I'd like them to stay up, I think, now. Um, three o'clock tomorrow. If If... If Luton do turn Man United over, we'll have to make sure our little personal WhatsApp group with your lovely brother, because <laughs> we know he oh, yeah. loves to hear from us. 
<laughs> you, you know what's even better? He's just flown over to see my other brother in Boston. So when we're pinging him at th- uh, three o'clock, it will be like, uh, what will that be? About 10 o'clock in the morning. So he's going to wake up with a raging hangover. Uh, he's going to wake up with um, jet lag. And then old man Trev and me going, you have lost <laughs> at 10 a.m. <laughs> that would be really, really, well, really it won't be be brilliant. We can't repeat it on here, but we, won't we just, you've lost. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what I mean. Listen, following a different Christmas period and exiting the FA Cup, um, we had a gentle fixture list in January. Uh, but one of the things that have uh, stuck in all our minds is that this winter break has seemed to have done us an awful lot of benefit. Burnley v Arsenal, 3pm on, on uh, tomorrow on Saturday. Uh, set pieces, uh, Declan Rice... Uh, seems to have moved uh, to take more of the corners from Trossard. Um, uh, he assisted in the 11th-minute winner against Crystal Palace and the 31st-minute winner against West Ham. Um, what do you reckon tomorrow? Um, Trevor, you mentioned about Trafford, the Burnley keeper, being very slight, a good shot stopper. Um, you mentioned that with our set pieces with Gabriel Saliba and Rice putting those balls in and the work that we've been doing on it, that he's going to come under serious pressure. And I think it's going to be a very difficult game for him, don't you? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I, I, I think I read a stat the other day. I'm pretty sure I've got it right that before the um, winter break, Rice had taken three penalties all season, and Set since pieces, winter yeah. break, in the few weeks since, he's taken twelve. And you can absolutely see the corners. The corners. I mean, you can absolutely absolutely see the difference. And. The, the the young Burnley goalkeeper, he looks a class act at times, but he does not like coming under pressure. And I think with our set-piece coach absolutely flying at the moment, I'm sure we'll have plenty in store for for him tomorrow to, that, that might distract him from, from what he's actually there to do. It's um, it, the, the corners, I mean, we, we saw, we've seen different games we're using different systems, yeah? With the game, I can't remember it was against now, where Odegaard was stood on the edge of the box and apparently giving signals. And then this week, it was so clear what we were doing that we were dragging West Ham forward and overloading the back post because we knew we'd get some some benefit there. So I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm, I'm really excited about seeing how we play at Burnley tomorrow. I'm really excited about the fact that if we can't break them down in open play, I'm pretty sure if we get half a dozen corners, we're going to score from one. That's how I feel at the moment. I'm, I'm very pleased, very happy with, with, with how we've gone in the set pieces. Burnley, I can't, I can't, I can't put 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 my finger on on, on on what they've done this season. They seem to be so up and down, but never brilliant and never really poor. They're like middling, and I'm very biased here. I know that, but I can't see us getting beaten by a middling side like Burnley. But just before I stop, Ferg, you, you just hit the nail on the head, mate, you did. When we went into December, we were top of the league, right? And I was thinking, well, we chatted, we chatted about it, didn't we? We had mm. Fulham, we had West Ham, we had Villa. And we were all full of confidence that we were going to come out of Christmas top of the league with them three games, you know? We, we were expectant of, of getting a good, good amount of points. We talked specifically about that and we ended up with none, right? But we've worked our way back into a position now whereby we're, we're two points off the top. We're level on goal difference with the teams around us. So we're right back in it. And we're going into another expectant period now, starting with Burnley, right? We've got Burnley, Newcastle, Sheffield United and Brentford, right? So I'm, it's the same as before. I'm full of expectation for this Arsenal team. But we can't fail again. If we fail again in this period, we're done. We're finished. So hopefully yeah. we've learned our lessons we're going to go and beat Burnley and move on and go through the next month with without dropping a point, I hope. Got to Dale, the, bad, the bad news uh, for Burnley is that the highest uh, set-piece XG against them in the division were 10.65. They've conceded the second-most set-piece goals in 12 and the second-most set-piece shots in 113. Um, oh, sorry, 13. Um what are you expecting against this Burnley? And bearing in mind, uh, you know, um, Arsenal are on uh, are, are, are looking to do five uh, wins in the calendar year, which we have never done in in, in our uh, history. Um, I'm expecting a big win, if I'm honest. Um, I'm expecting a clean sheet. The question for me is, who do you play up top? 
because I quite like Havertz up top. Um, I think he brings the best out of other players. I think he frees up those around him. Um, Odegaard seems to be a better player when Havertz is up top. But I would, what I would say is I've got one eye on Porto and I'd like to see Havertz start up top versus Porto. So in a game where you probably need to get some confidence in your, in at the moment, some fringe players, um, if you call Jesus and Nketiah that, I'd probably start with an Nketiah or a Jesus. I really would. Um, but that being said, I think Havertz would be hard to drop. I think he brings so much more to that team at the moment. It was a bit of a question mark when they put him up top in that false nine position. His, his shooting isn't good enough. He doesn't put enough in the back of the net. It's not necessarily what he puts in the back of the net. It's what he brings to the, the, the midfield and the attacking players we have. So that, for me, is the bigger question. So I'd be keen to get your thoughts on that as well, guys. Uh, uh, Alex, um, we have injuries, seven doubts. Uh, there's Timber, Party, Vieira, uh, make up three uh, of the long-term problems. Uh, Jesus, Zinchenko, Tomiyasu and Smith-Rowe, more recent concerns. Uh, um, Arteta was a little bit coy in uh, his press conference today about off any of those, would they be available? Um, up top, uh, Dale mentioned about bringing in Eddie or something like that. Personally, I, I wouldn't change it. No, I think I wouldn't either. Um, it's not like they've they've had an overload in the last couple of weeks. We've, we've only played once um, a week for the last uh, couple of weeks. So I think I'd stick to the team we, we played against West Ham. Um, we've got a lot of confidence and the way we played was brilliant. Um, and yeah, like you said, Arteta, he's always a bit vague in his, his in his answers against um, or about the team news. But I think we could see a couple of the guys coming back from injury. Um, it also seems like Vieira is very close to returning. He could be back for the Porto game and make the squad. Uh, Partey could also make the, the Porto squad is what the latest news is. Um, and then I'm not sure about Sinchenko and Jesus. Um, that he, he didn't really say much about them. So, I mean, they, they could be back, but we don't know. Um and then on Burnley, oh, we have to win that game. They are a poor, poor side, Burnley, this year. Um, company, he, he wants to play football, but you just have to be a bit more pragmatic when, when you come into the Premier League. And they've played, um, when they've played against the, the top half sides in the table, they've really struggled. They've they've claimed one point again, uh, from a possible 39 in the league matches against the top half teams this season, one point out of 39. It's a must win mm. game uh, against Burnley. We, we simply just have to win that game. Trevor, they beat us 1 0 in the Emirates in December 2020. It's their only victory against us in the Premier League. Um, you know, uh, they've conceded 50 goals in 24 matches. It's the earliest uh, they've reached that milestone since 1932 33. You'll remember it well, I expect. Um, Listen, if 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 we don't win this game, uh, as you said, it, it it's got to be disastrous. We we need to go out with a convincing win. It's got to be like a, a, a clean sheet. Um, we'll talk about keepers and stuff in a second, but it should be a clean sheet and three, four, five. Where where are we stopping? I, I, and I don't want to get over cocky, but well, it, it, do you know what it's Arsenal we're talking about, folks? And we've got an habit of dropping off. A bit when we've just had a big win, so I'm not going to go. I, I don't think we're going to get four or five. Um, I've got, I've got a feeling we'll, we might win. We, hopefully, we'll win two nil minimum, which I'll take all day long against the Burnley side that are now beginning to fight for their lives. But you know, um, Dale mentioned about the the Champions League game in the week, and and I'm sorry, Dale, but I can't even consider that as a reason for for not playing our strongest side. You know, this is the this is the Premier League, the greatest league in the world. And uh, what I want to win the Champions League, I want to win the Champions League more than I want us to win the Premier League, actually, if I'm honest. But we can't weaken our side for Premier League games at this time, at this point of the season. And 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 that was confirmed to me today. I watched the Martinelli interview today. I, I um I watched it on on TNT actually. It was it's a half an hour interview, and it's done in Portuguese with subtitles. And that lad. Firstly, he's got his head screwed on, yeah? And secondly, he's desperate to win trophies. And he specifically names the Champions League and the Premier League. That young man is desperate mm -hmm. to win trophies. But the most important part is 
He's desperate to win them trophies with the Arsenal Football Club, yeah? And that, for me, highlights the biggest change in our squad from recent years. In recent years, we've always been able to look at one, two, three, maybe four players, right? And we can say, they're only there for the money. They've come for their payday, you know? I'm not going to name them. We all know they're, they're only coming for the payday. They've got a great big contract and they've stopped playing. And we can't say that about any of our players now. That's how much the squad has changed, you know? This time, four seasons ago, we were 42 points off the top of the table. 42 points off the top. Place. That's crazy, yeah. 42 points. So if you think for a minute that Arteta hasn't improved us, that's your, you've got a right to have those thoughts. I'm not going to argue that you can't think what you want. But look at that, right? Four years, only four years ago, we were 42 points off the top and in 10th place in the league. We had absolutely no chance. But if we're going to win the league, we can't be letting ourselves down at places like Burnley tomorrow. And I don't think we will. I don't think we will. On that note there, Trev, that's what, I don't think I don't think it would weaken our team if we bring somebody else in up top. I really don't. Now, I'm not saying we should do. All I'm saying is the best teams in the world rotate. City can go and win 5-0, but then when they've got a, a lesser game, which they should win, they, they're not afraid to drop Haaland. They're not afraid to drop De Bruyne. That's what they do. Rotation's the important. The thing is, Del, they, ha they have the ability to do that because they've got, a, in my view, a much... Uh, bigger squad and a much uh, uh, more talented squad. If you look at the, of recent our benches, if you look at the bench we had against uh, uh, against uh, West Ham and the bench we had against uh, Palace, you know you've got um, Nanwari uh, coming on. That I don't, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong again. Thank you, Alex. Um, but <laughs> we we we've got we've got young players and we have to bring Cedric and roll him out off as uh, Zimmer frame. Uh, to go there because we don't have uh, the squad and the depth that they have at Man City. So, uh, yeah, rotation to a certain degree, but we ha we are playing. And I think there's a, a stat, I haven't got it. There is a stat around that um, Arteta has played uh, with um, the most consistent 11 players uh, of any other team in the league. Um, uh, he's made the fewer changes, squad changes. Oh, don't get me wrong. I agree with what you're saying. All I'm saying is, what the, the the injuries we have are not affected up top. We've got cover up top. We've got we play one through the middle, and we've got three fit strikers. If there's, a, I'm saying, if there's a game, you're going to change it, and and you're going to give somebody a rest. This is probably it. I just can't Do see. Um, I just can't see him dropping either Trossard or Havertz because he's got, he's he's got to drop one of them if he's going to bring in Eddie, and I I just can't see him dropping any of those two on the back of the West Ham performance. I'm not saying he should. Let's let's clear that up. I'm not saying he should. I'm just saying, yeah, yeah. is this uh, that, was, that was a question I asked? Is this a game when you do that? Uh, I don't want to see Eddie anywhere near the pitch. So, uh, in that view, uh, <laughs> no. So, <laughs> that's the honest. Listen, so, um, one, so thing, you, one thing you've I've... done all the questioning all night, right? Let me chuck one back at you, right? Okay. You just got me thinking, and I'm sat here thinking, which is difficult for me at the best of times. Um, <laughs> Yeah, City have got City have got the strongest squad in the league. We can't argue that point, right? But if 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 we can manage to get all our injured players back, and by that I mean we're talking in the in the the medium term, with because we include um, Timber in that, um, I think we can put out a really strong bench, don't you, mate? If we keep all of our players fit, I know that's highly unlikely to happen with the likes of Party, because Party just plays a week then gets injured for a month. But if we can get them all fit, then we really do look a different proposition, I think, mate. Absolutely. absolutely. Look, if you've got Timber, Tomiyasu and Zinchenko with the option of playing Kivior um, and Ben White uh, in those uh, wing-back positions, and then even Kivior covering centre-half, Ben White can cover centre-half. Defensively, we're great. We know about the keepers, which we'll talk about in a second. We've got two fantastic keepers. Uh, I think we have got areas of concern in that number six position because Party is clearly um, parting uh, his ways with Arsenal at some point uh, soon, either because he won't sign a new contract or we move him on or his fitness or whatever. Um, I, I think the further up the pitch we go, Trev, I think we don't have as much depth as we have defensively. I think really and truly, um, as George Graham did, um, Arteta has built from the back and then built a spine and he's just going to pad out around it. If you think about um, Saka, there's no cover for Saka. Yes, Jesus could go out there, but you have... No, uh, um, 
Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, but it's not proper cover. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean. Do you know what, Fergie? It's right what you say in a way. We are, we are so spoiled at the back now, I think, if we get them all fit, because we've got Ben White, who for me, once again, I'm biased, but there, there isn't a better right back in the league than Ben White. At the moment. So good. Absolutely unnoticed, superb. Gabriel, Gabriel has scored more goals as a defender since his debut than any other defender in the Premier League, right? He does not got anywhere near the plaudits he should get, Gabriel. And the reason he doesn't get as many of the plaudits as he should get is because he's got that absolutely superb Saliba playing beside him, who, who gets the best players. Saliba this season has took the best strikers in the league. I'll name one as an example, Haaland at the Emirates, and absolutely obliterated them. Haaland ended mm. up spinning his dummy out and laying on the floor, banging the ground like a, like a child. Because Saliba just absolutely battered him. And so that just leaves the left-back. And at the left-back, we've got Kivior, who came in last week, and I gave him man of the match at West Ham for the way he came into that situation. He wasn't a man of the match, but I think his yeah. improvement was worthy yeah. of recognition. I said I gave him it, so yeah. We, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, and then I we've got Zinchenko, and then we've got Tommy Asu. You know, we, we are spoiled at the back, so I'm absolutely Timber. with you. Timber's come, coming back soon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think if Timber goes comes back, that's you probably have to slot in at left back because I think if he dropped White, Gabriel, or Saliba, we'd all be scraping our scratching our heads. Mind you, having said that, who knows what Arteta's going to do, boys? I'm not going to dwell on it. Please don't let's dwell on it. But with that, we don't know. We don't have a clue what Arteta's going to do. He dropped the England number one goalkeeper and brought in a bloke, you know, from the lower down the league. So we don't know what. Yeah. Going which to is a, per a perfect segue to this little piece, which I was going to talk about with um, Raya. And over the last couple of games, I said to Dan and I've said to you guys on the on the podcast, I can actually see why he is playing Raya over Ramsdale. As much as I love Ramsdale, I think he's a great keeper. Uh, I don't know who this guy is, but it's something I lifted off, off TikTok. His, his TikTok name will be on there. So I claim no credit for this, but it's a really good observation. I sent it to you guys in the WhatsApp group earlier. Um, just have a listen to this. David Raya has suddenly become one of Arsenal's most dangerous playmakers because this season Arsenal have mostly relied on scoring from set pieces because they really struggled to create chances in open play. And a big reason for this is Mikel Arteta's desire to control matches and minimise risk. Basically, because they play quite slowly, opponents can get back into their defensive shape early and shut things down. But as spotted by Art de Rocher in The Athletic, something has changed over the past 11 games and Arsenal are breaking much more often. So what you might start noticing now is that whenever a ball is crossed into the box, and it looks like Raya might catch it, Arsenal have wide forwards sprinting forward into space before the ball is even out of the air. And as soon as he does catch it, Raya launches his brilliant long throws to kickstart the counter. And that has led to chances against Sheffield United and Liverpool and a goal against Crystal Palace. But if the long pass isn't on, he immediately rolls it out to a midfielder and then they start the counter-attack. And this has also led to massive chances and goals scored in their previous 10 games, meaning Arsenal's goalkeeper is now one of the most important defensive and attacking players. Really interesting that Dale, um, because I did say to to Dan and um, and the lads that I noticed him more being you know an active outfield player as well as a goalkeeper. He's, he's really active in the the outfield space. Yeah, I agree. And there's one key thing that I was saying just last week about this. Actually, um, he said if it looks like Raya might catch it. Now, one thing I think Raya does incredibly well, where Ramsdale tends to punch, is he catches. He catches the ball whereas Ramsdale would normally go two-fisted in just to try and get rid of the ball. Um, I will be one of the first to say um, I've done a full turn um, on, on Raya. Now, his distribution I wasn't convinced about at first, but the last few weeks in particular, we've seen just how important his distribution is. And I think that video sums it up perfectly. I really do, because he's, he's not just looking uh, for that long ball. If that long ball's on, be it a throw or a kick. If that isn't on, he's looking for that ball through the middle to split that defence, and it works perfectly. Mm. Mm. Dale, um, uh, sorry, uh, Trev, um, try again. Alex, the Clarets are winless in 10 home league fixtures versus Arsenal. Uh, they haven't beat us since uh, 1973, December 1973. It was a 2-1. Uh, Remember that, Trev? He was about a 75. He, he probably would. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> um, 
Do, what do we go for predictions on, on, on this game then tomorrow? Hopefully um, a convincing victory where we don't have to be nervous throughout the game. Um, and hopefully another clean sheet uh, away from home. Um, I think I'm convinced we're going to score and I'm convinced we're going to score at least two goals. I think we're going to win 3-0 tomorrow. 3-0. Trevor, what are you thinking? I'm going to go... 2-0 to the Arsenal. I don't I, I can't see us conceding, but I'm not sure how many we'll get. So I'm gonna go 2-0 to the Arsenal. Okay. Um Del. I agree with Trev. I can't see us conceding here. Um, but I can see us continuing our, our rich reign of uh, rich vein of form in front of goal. I'm going 4-0. Um I predicted on Arsenal fans forum and, and some other places 3-0, so I'm going to stick with the 3-0. I'm hoping Bakaya Saka uh, can improve his stats and um, outdo this winker. I said winker. Not, not world class. Um, he's not world class, though. Not world class. He's not world class, apparently not. No, no. Phonist, though. Um, Phonist. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I'm going 3-0. And I do agree with Heath, though. We must not become uh, complacent. Um, uh, Arteta was asked something uh, in his press conference today. Arsenal always have to be in the conversation. Players like Are you in the conversation? I'm not. Maybe Edu and, and, and the owners have a time not in those conversations till the last stage. I, I, I guess the question is more, should you be? Why not? Exactly. Why not? If we want to be the best team, we're going we're gonna to need the best talent and the best players, that's for sure. And if you're someone like a 25-year-old striker looking around Europe, there can't be many more projects that are as appealing or exciting as... When you put together, do you agree with that? Is that your pitch to be played? Yes, well, I think the, the club that we are, I, th I don't think that that's ever been an issue. You know, everybody wants to play for Arsenal. At least the players that we always discuss, they always had that smile in their faces the, the moment that you open the door and start to have that discussion. And, and that's because of our history and everything that we've done in the past as well. Trevor, because I know what Dell's view is, and we'll come to him in a second. Trevor, your view—I I, I thought Arteta handled that very well. What's your view on uh, seeing this man in an Arsenal shirt? Uh, I've not given it. To be honest with you, Fergus, I've not given it too much thought at all. I'm not excited about it. If he comes, he comes. He'll, he'll be a part of our squad. We already have the best young player in the world in Bukayo Saka. I wouldn't swap him for anybody. So I, I read someone on social media today saying. How would Arsenal fans feel about swapping Mbappe for Saka? And I actually I laughed, and then I was angry, and then I thought, who would even say that? Who would even say that? We've got the great, best young player in the world. Saka's stats at this moment in time, right? In top class games, I think Saka after 210 first class games in all competitions, Saka's stats are better than Ronaldo's were after 210 games. Is that That's good? Yeah. Right? Is that good? He really is that good. So. If, if Mbappe came in, he'd have to come in with the right attitude for me, which worries me greatly. He wouldn't come into the Arsenal and be a superstar. I don't think Arteta would stand for that. If he comes, he comes and hopefully improves our side and, and gets us the, the trophies that we all desperately desire, you know. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with what we got at the moment. If Mbappe comes, yeah, I'd love it and I'd back him. But I've not thought much about Alex. it. Alex. We all want the best players at our club. We want the best uh, players that we can excel and win all the trophies. We'd love to have the Champions League. Trevor wants to see the Champions League before he uh, pops his mortal coil when he's 252. Um, but, <laughs> Five more years. <laughs> 12 more years. <laughs> 12 more years, 12 more years, Trevor Hill. <laughs> um, but do you worry with the sort of... Sulk, is he? Are we going to have a, a like a super Nelka if if we ever went and got Mbappe? Quite, Think. I, and by, by, by super Nelka, I mean, is the attitude but also the talent? Talent wise, he's much better than Anelka. Um, he is individually oh. for me, he is the best player in the world right now. Individually, um, the things he could do by, by himself is, is crazy. Um, so um, there's no doubt about the talent there. I think the attitude, you, you could question, um, he has got a bit of a, an ego and we've seen how much influence he's had at PSG. Uh, it was almost like he was the president there. Um, so 
coming to Arsenal to a young project. I'm not sure how that fits, um, but the, the talent is, um, you can't doubt that. And of course you want the best players at Arsenal, just like Arteta said, but I don't think it's realistic. I think he'll go to Madrid um, and I think he'll do well there. Mm. Del, um, clearly a huge talent. Clearly somebody we would love uh, to see the best talent at Arsenal. Um, but, you know, it's probably unlikely. Uh, I know you're a big fan and you'd like to see it, but do you think it could be um, a disruption to the project, to the process, to what Arteta is doing? You could say the same about any player. I think any player you could say would uh, could, could disrupt it. I don't think the club would sign him if, if given the opportunity. I think it's a given that he's probably going to go Madrid. But I don't think the club would um, take him if they thought there was any danger of that. So I'm not concerned there at all. But that being said, if you could pick any striker to have in the world, representing Arsenal, leading the line, I would disagree heavily with anybody if they said anything other than Mbappe. Um, he is, without doubt, one of the most prolific strikers in the world, an incredible talent. Um, he's clearly got a good relationship with Saliba, as you've probably seen. He idolises Thierry Henry. Um, he's he's previously been linked with us, I know, but I, I don't think it will happen. Let me just say that again. But anybody who wouldn't take Mbappe at the club, I would seriously question and debate that till the cows come home. He is one hell of a player. And Arteta said, when the world's best players are spoken about, we have to be in those conversations. So it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. But I think he's Madrid-bound. Mm. Okay. PSG have won nothing. Agreed. And, I, and I've said as well, PSG, I think, is a bit of a toxic um, place, full stop. They revolve around the embassy. Every single player at, uh, who goes to PSG normally goes for one thing, and that's money, because that's what PSG are built on. PSG are built on nothing but money. No history, no um, success, nothing. They're built, it's built on money. So, of course, they're going to come from that background. It doesn't mean that the player brings that attitude with him. It doesn't mean... It, and he may do, and the club may go, you know what, this isn't the player for us. But... We're talking killing Mbappe here. We're talking the best the world young striker in the world, without a doubt. Yeah, mm. okay. Trevor, it wouldn't be it, it it wouldn't be a podcast, a Guns and Yellows podcast, without um without Fair this wait, we, we we don't have to review it or talk about it, but we haven't done a prediction for Newcastle Bournemouth. We've got to do it because otherwise it's the only one we're missing. Ah, I'm going one all. I'm <clears> going one all. Uh, I will go 2-0 Newcastle. 3-1 Newcastle. 2-0 Newcastle. Okay. I stand alone. I hadn't seen that one for a while. It's almost like a national anthem, isn't it? It's almost it like a national good. anthem. It means that much. It's amazing. <laughs> I, I, it just, it, I, I, you know, Alex mentioned it the other night, and, and I'm the same, right? I have it on bloody repeat. I do. Just when I'm at work, I drive my little van. It's your ringtone, for Christ's sake. <laughs> what? It's your ringtone. It is my ringtone. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, isn't it great that we can, um, we can talk to we've, we've never done this before, and an hour has gone in no time, boys. It's been great doing this, great company. It, it, um, what, what people what people don't realize is we said a half hour, 45 minutes tops, yeah, and we've gone over the hour. Yeah, happens I've, every time. I've Mom loved it. Downstairs going mental, going your dinner was ready. I've loved the predictions, I've loved everybody in the chat getting involved. And when you think it's the first time we've done it, there's some regular faces in there, but there's some new faces as well. Thank you to everybody that uh, and the people that have gone across to YouTube and subscribed to us. It is very much appreciated by this bald old man and the rest of us. And now I'm going to shut up and let Fergus close because at the end of the day, 
if it weren't for the Irishman who does my head in, proper does my head in, we wouldn't be doing this. So over to you, Ferg. Thanks, mate. No worries. No worries. Listen, it's, it's, it's really good show. I've enjoyed it. And it's been nice to talk about other stuff rather than just Arsenal. I know we've done a half hour in Arsenal and stuff like that, but it, it's been been really good. The one thing I would say that we've got quite a few regulars that watch on Facebook. We would like you to migrate across to um, YouTube just to watch it because it helps us. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll be open and honest. We've got enough subscribers now. If we can get to 4,000 viewing hours over a rolling year, it opens up the point that YouTube might give us a little bit of money to cover the costs for uh, the server, uh, the, the servers, and and the this this platform we use, which is all costs and it's a fair bit of money every year. So if we can cover our costs, we'd be more than happy. So if you are watching on Facebook or you're watching on Twitter, please do jump across, watch watch it on YouTube and make YouTube uh, the home of uh, Guns and Yellow Ribbons uh, for you going forward. I've really, really enjoyed it, guys. Uh, Friday night's not the best night for me. We might do move this to a Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll play it by ear. Um, but um, We'll, we might stick a survey up somewhere on Twitter and uh, on, on Facebook and see which you prefer, Thursday or Friday, because I know a lot of people are in the pub. But Sorry, you know. Hey, if you've got to watch your spelling, man, you got to watch your spelling. You boys are as Tina said, simple. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, he, he knows what he's doing. No, he he, he means that. He does mean that. He does mean that. We are just simple. <laughs> guys, um, Guys, girls, everybody in the chat, thank you very, very much. Really enjoyed your company. Uh, I'm watching the comments flying in over here on, on, on my other screen, and it's great to see you all. all. Um, we will be back Monday night. It will be myself, uh, Dale, Alex, and Dan, um, with Trevor jumping in to my screen, um, because he's going to be here before we fly out to Porto the following day. We might be a little bit excited. We might be a little bit excited. Listen, oh. Don't forget be to tough work. Them, don't forget to remind them we've had a great show tonight talking about all these clubs, but we are the Arsenal. We are the Arsenal. Get tomorrow out of the way as the aperitif, and then let's get over to Porto and have a good time. You know what we are? There we go. Oh, Sunu. Oh, oh, Sunu. Oh, Sunu. <laughs> you have been watching um, an Arsenal uh, fans podcast, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. If you like what we do, as we say, click, click and subscribe. If you don't, up the Arsenal, fuck the Spurs. Thanks for listening to Guns and Yellow Ribbons, an Arsenal podcast by Arsenal fans, for Arsenal fans. Follow us on Facebook at Guns and Yellow Ribbons or Twitter at Guns and Ribbons. And remember to rate and review us too. Up the Arsenal.